0: corona chronicle session 10 with juliet gust from ethics suites all right we have juliet gust on the show with ethics suite juliet how are you
1: i'm well thank you and thank you for putting all of these um podcasts together that are very timely and hopefully helpful
0: uh, it's, it's the least I can do. And, uh, you know, while all this was just unraveling, it's just like, well, I mean, what can I do? And I, I was just thinking, like, I, there's nothing I can do. And then I was like, wait a second. You can share your platform to give people who know what to do. Uh, or who are going through and sharing, you know, get, having these different experiences, uh, an opportunity to share what they're doing, and just to you know get people together is really what I'm hoping to, to achieve from this is get people on the same page, let people know that they're not alone. We're we're being forced to be isolated right now, which means we're not able to really talk to people like we normally would be able to. Uh, so I just kind of want to bring everybody into one place to be able to share knowledge, to be able to share stories, and to encourage each other and, and empower each other, and race, basically just live the unstoppable mission. So um, it's my pleasure to do this. But um, what are you yeah. doing? How, how how are things with you? This isn't about me. This is about you. What's going on?
1: Well, we are kind of the same as everyone else, just watching and waiting what's happening. You know, how can, can I get food at the grocery store? Um, I think everyone has a kind of double impact right now, which is what is the impact on their work? Um, if they have their own business, what's the impact on their business? Maybe what's the impact on their employer and how will that affect them? Um, but the other worries are about family, right? Or is anyone, um, have children that are home from school that they have to take care of? Do they have, um, you know, maybe aging parents that they have to worry about or people in nursing homes and uh, things like that? So it's kind of a, a tough double impact that affects every part of, of your life. So yeah. we are the same as everyone else worried and, and watching and waiting.
0: So when you reached out to me, you said you had some unique uh perspective to disaster. Uh you've been in the industry for most of your, your life now. You're in New York City um when uh the when nine eleven happened. So take us through uh what you learned from that experience and what you can share um from that experience to help us get through this current uh you know, epidemic and uh disaster
1: okay i can and and hopefully you know maybe some of the things that that um i had to deal with back during that time will be helpful today i think one of the good things we have today that we didn't have back then is um easy access to the internet, right? I mean, obviously, we were using the internet then, but certainly not to the extent that we did now on social media. So I think there's a lot more positivity, a lot more um, creativity, and a lot more sharing and collaboration that's going on now where people can respond in real time. Um, in, for example, all of the dining bonds, gift certificate websites that are popping up that restaurants are, are signing up to. We, we didn't have that back then. So that's one positive thing that I've seen. But that was a tough time. Um, On 9-11, I was the general manager for two restaurants uh, right in Times Square. And so we were not only affected, of course, on the day of 9-11, but for months and months after that. You know, on 9-11, there were no flights in or out of New York City for a couple of weeks. So there were a lot of tourists stuck in the area. So for about two weeks after you know, we were still operating. We didn't want to close down. There were a lot of people kind of lost on the streets. And so we had to kind of scramble to make sure, one, that people could get to work because some trains and buses and ferries and so on from outside New York City weren't working um, or weren't in operation for a while. So um, some of the things that we had to really focus on after those two weeks where sales really plummeted was, you know, now what are we going to do? And so some of the cost cutting measures that we had to implement and we tried to get creative was first try to negotiate with landlords, right? Rent payments in New York city are tremendous. Mm. And so, is there a way to negotiate wherever you are a lower rent or lease payment so that you can get through the next few months or however long it's going to take and i think from the landlord's perspective the negotiation is also a positive because it could mean the difference between having someone at your property paying a lower rent or not having anyone at all paying anything um so that's definitely something that they can consider this let's look at our management staff you know i remember as the gm the first directive i got from the owners was you have to cut the manager staff we we can't afford to keep everybody on so i got everyone together it came up with a way that everyone could keep their job so we all took a twenty percent pay cut and we all took a twenty percent reduction in the amount of hours we worked so we went to forty work weeks um, and this of course wasn't ideal nobody wanted to take a twenty percent pay cut but also no one wanted to be out looking for work during yeah. that tough time so yeah. So some is better than nothing, right? That's the approach that we took. And then as a GM, I always went in on my fifth day, even though I was taking the pay cut, but I thought it was good for morale. It was also a time where I could, you know, focus on some more administrative effort to not be out on the floor. Um, So it worked out well, and we did that for a really long time, for almost a year. The other thing that we did was um, make sure that anyone who had vacations planned or could take a vacation did do that. So that kind of gave some relief to the number of hours that we had that were decreasing, that we had to give out to everyone. And then we let the staff work on their own scheduling. And of course, everybody knew you know, that something had to give, but when you give people the opportunity to work that out for themselves, they're much more accepting of it. So for example, if you go to someone and say, hey, I'm gonna reduce your, your hours by 20%, they're gonna be pretty upset. But if they're the ones that came up with that solution, they're a lot more engaged and they're a lot more willing to stick to it. So we had the staff work together on their own scheduling. You know, and they also keep in mind the needs of some of the people on the staff that have special needs. I remember we had one server who had a very sick child. And so any reduction in her income would be devastating. And so everyone made sure no matter no matter what, you know, let's say staff B does this person is not going to be affected. We're going to make sure that she gets the hours that she needs and everybody that could take some reduction um, did.
0: Um, The other thing we did was cross train. Cross train. Go ahead. Sorry. sorry? I was going to say the big thing I'm I'm pulling from you right now is something that we've been hearing a lot of is, um, you know, what you can do is to stop the bleeding. So, um, you know, you have these people that are working for you, like, Nobody wants to let anybody go. Nobody wants to get laid off. Nobody wants to get furloughed, but whatever you have to do, you have to think of the long game right now. Um, You want to be able to give these people opportunity when this passes, right? You want to be able to be in the position where you can give these people opportunity when this passes. And that means acting now to, to reduce the bleeding as much as possible. Right. Um, Yeah. And I love what you're saying with uh, letting your people don't dictate. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to make a call, but if, if you can bring your people in on the decision-making and give them access or give yourself access to that creative thinking power, right? And then these people are going to be probably far more likely to, I think everybody understands the significance. Nobody's going to be pointing fingers at the end of this. Like how could dare you like, you know, lay me off or furlough me. Like, like we all understand the magnitude of the event, but bringing people in and making them a part of it will probably help with the anxiety and the stress of it all. I would imagine
1: Absolutely. And people are creative and people know their business well. So I remember, for example, um, the cooks getting together to say, hey, look, we have some highly perishable, high cost items on our menu. Let's get rid of those. We're not sure of supply chain right now. We're not sure of how um, busy or not busy we're going to be. So let's simplify the menu. We'll still have something to offer to people, but we're not going to have ingredients That can perish, you know, in a day or two. That I have to keep in short supply because I don't know if I can get it, and I don't know if it's going to sell if I can get it. Yeah. But you're right about keeping people calm. I think the tone at the top right now is really the key thing. Yeah. How we Um, speak to
0: people, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The, The a calm, thoughtful, measured response from owners and managers is really key right now, and not kind of that chicken little, impending doom, panic. Um, that, that really won't help anything. It certainly won't help the
0: business and it, it certainly won't help the staff. Yes. So, um, your title as a founder of ethics suite, uh, CEO, what's your exact title president? There's so many different things we can call each other. <laughs> yeah. Founder,
1: president.
0: So, um, fraud and misconduct platform, um, unique skill Uh, how does, how, how, does your expertise feed into some advice beyond being a industry veteran um how does your unique experience and your your unique knowledge what are what's going on within that realm that can serve my listeners right now
1: well during times like these uh, most people and and quite rightly so will will focus on the things that they do every day you know how can i open the doors. You know, how can I get supplies? How can I manage my staff? But they don't consider the things that go wrong. And unfortunately, in my line of business now, that's really all I consider, all the things that can go wrong. Where are the opportunities for misconduct? Where are the opportunities for fraud? Where are the opportunities for theft? What are the things that maybe people who wouldn't engage in such conduct, what things can push them to do that? And in times of crisis, you know, that's definitely one of the
0: issues. Yeah. People get desperate. People get worried. People panic.
1: Absolutely. So I think if you, if you own a restaurant or you own multiple restaurants, more importantly, if you're not involved in day-to-day operations and the crisis management, then you really need to do that. Um, you can't do that from afar because there could be employment issues brewing that you want to address right away. So for example, I remember seeing recently a, a post from a GM of a restaurant that told their staff, you know, if you call out sick, don't come back. Well, that's that's not going to help anybody in this time. So they need to have guidance. They need to have um, plans to be able to address people that may be sick that can't get to work, and they can't do it in a way that may end up in litigation, right, in a lawsuit or or, um, or worse.
0: Yeah, that's which is one of the lessons we pulled from – Aaron Colby uh, from California a an employment attorney he said if you know we're going to be needing a lot of us are going to have to unfortunately either lay off or for, furlough and to make sure you have a plan um, around that so it, there's some strategy um, so people can't say well you're just discriminating against me like you're you're you know you're firing all the old people first you know or like whatever um, so making sure you have a plan uh, that might help with Uh, the backlash of misconduct, right? If you, if you're showing your people that, that you're not just, you know, discriminating, but you're, you're being very strategic with how you're letting people go, that might protect your business.
1: That's absolutely right. And then you should also make sure that your staff knows how to reach you, not just in person, because some people are uncomfortable discussing things in person. So give them your phone number, tell them that they can text you, give them your email, Uh, make sure that there are multiple ways for people to reach you rather than just having to come up to you on the floor, because that can be either impossible because you're busy and there's a hundred people around you or, or uh, uncomfortable.
0: Well, hopefully there's not a hundred people around anybody right now. If we're all following these rules, right? Um (laughs) That's for sure.
1: And then there's some other things that people think about with fraud is in, in times of stress, There may be um, some creative ways to tell your managers, for example, you know, if you can get to this level of sales or this level of profit, you'll get a bonus. But but it should be something that's very carefully thought out because being able to attain a bonus could make some people react unethically or illegally. So make sure that there's not so much pressure on achieving that bonus that it's unrealistic and people need to um, do things that they normally wouldn't in order to get to that.
0: Yeah. Um, so again, um your your unique experience, your unique knowledge and skill set with uh, managing misconduct or fraud, any other uh specific things that only somebody like you and your experience could speak to to make my listeners uh feel more comfortable, more empowered and more aligned with what to be doing uh in this circumstance.
1: I think the biggest advice is to be present. Be aware of everything that's going on. Know what everyone is doing. Know personally the people that are working for you. What are they going through? What are some of the um, issues that they might be dealing with that could lead them to um, be tempted to engage in some sort of theft or fraud?
0: Let people be heard.
1: No. Exactly. And be there for them. Don't hide in the office. Don't, you know, I'm sorry, I'm so busy. I have to figure out how to keep this business afloat. That may be very true, but you're also a leader. And so that's definitely the biggest advice I can give most of the misconduct and fraud I see is because there was a lack of leadership.
0: And to compound off what you said as far as getting out of the office, um, you know, if you have, if you work, I mean, I I think the things that are going to tie up most people right now are uh, legal stuff and uh, insurance. A lot of people are are stressed out about insurance. Um, If you've employed people or if you're outsourced, you know, delegate. Uh, if you have insurance, you probably have an agent. Uh, have your agent go and lobby on your behalf. Uh, communicate. You know, like you don't have to do everything. You, uh, hopefully, you've set, you've surrounded yourself with the the services and the companies that can work on your behalf. I know everyone's probably going to be a little overwhelmed right now, but if if you can offload anything to be present with your employees, absolutely do it.
1: That's, that's- Completely right. And and if if at all possible, stay as positive as you can. Encourage people to look outside their own, you know, the four walls to encourage community service. I remember during 9-11, the staff and I, you know, we would go donate blood. We would bring food for uh, dog food for the rescue dog and um, give discounts and food and so on to the first responders. You know, it's important in times of stress to realize that someone else may be in worse condition than you are. And, and that does help.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we've unpacked some good stuff in this conversation. Uh, I appreciate you coming on to, uh, share your unique stories and experiences and how they can serve my listeners. And, um, I don't know what else to say. You've been great, thank you. Well, thank
1: you, Thanks to you.
0: <laughs> my pleasure. It's it's a, it's a. I mean, these are hard times, and um, all we can do is be there for each other. So um, I think anybody in my position would be doing the same exact thing. Great, uh, sure. my pleasure. Uh, talk to you soon. Take care, Juliet. All right, bye bye. All right, I know we just said uh, goodbye, but during the post recording, uh, Juliet let me know that she's putting together a hotline, or they're going to be. Uh, there's a press release coming out tomorrow where you're going to have a hotline uh, for people. Explain the hotline.
1: Yes, we're going to have a, um, we already have our hotline. It's called uh, Epic Suite, but we're going to be offering it for free for the next 60 to 90 days to any businesses that are impacted by this crisis. Um, it's a workplace fraud alert hotline. And your staff, it's digital, so nobody needs to use a telephone. They can use their phone or their iPad or any other device where they can report anonymously if they want to any issues that they see that um, their employer or their organization might want to be aware of. So, for example, any misconduct, any fraud, any theft. You know, we, we know that in times like this, unfortunately, sometimes bad things happen. And so we want people to have the ability to report it. Um, without having to worry about
0: the cost. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but sometimes when people are up against it and, you know, they have certain liabilities that they, they're they on the hook for, they'll get, you know, they'll get desperate to to get themselves off that hook. And, uh, and if we're witnessing misconduct or poor behavior, we should be able to report it anonymously because, you know, you know we, don't, we don't want to worry about those social awkward moments when somebody catches us narking on them. You know what I mean? But if they're not doing something that's best for the team or for, you know, the restaurant or the community, like we should be able to communicate the stuff and, and keep people honest, right?
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, if you're the owner or investor in a restaurant, the, the hotline reports go straight to them or whoever they designate but private, completely confidential and secure. Um, and if, if I were the business owner, I would make sure my employees, my guests and my vendors, have access to this so that they can report any wrongdoing that they might suspect or witness.
0: I'll link to that press release um, underneath this, uh, this session in the uh, show notes, just uh, shoot that over to me and and any links that can help people get to the right place to make those uh, uh, reports.
1: I will Eric. And thank you. And we're also offering pro bono training to anybody that's not sure how to use, um, you know, how to implement some sort of hotline program or how to communicate about it.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Juliet. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thanks you, Eric. My pleasure. Okay, there we go. Thank you again to Juliet for coming on. I think the obvious, the big takeaway from today's conversation is that, uh, in times of despair, people get desperate, which would make sense. Uh, and they're going to do things that might be out of character. And, uh, you, want to assume those things won't happen. Um, you want to think the, the, the most of people, but in the event that, you know, there is a particularly desperate person, you want to be able to protect yourself and give your team a uh, an outlet to communicate any misconduct during these hard times. Uh, we're all vulnerable right now. Um, and, you know, we, we need to be able to, provide channels of communication to keep people honest so uh, if you guys want to uh, access that resource be sure to head over to restaurant dot com slash i keep on forgetting this i don't know why rcp and that will bring you to the corona chronicles um we're calling it restaurant uh, coronavirus podcast uh, that's honestly just for seo purposes i want to make sure that people are able to find this resource but the the series is called the corona chronicle uh and everything that we are uh, collecting all these interviews are being hosted over there again that's restaurant slash rcp to find access to all these uh recordings and the notes and links and resources mentioned during the recordings um And help me, guys, because, you know, it's weird because I hate asking for help right now. So many people need help right now. You, in particular, need help right now. And I'm doing my best to help you. Uh, But in all the the networking and uh, asking people to come on the show and the recording and the editing and the publishing, I have very little time to spread the word about this thing. Um, So if you're finding value in these these interviews and these chats, uh, please... Every episode I put out there, push on your Instagram story or uh, share on Facebook groups, restaurant Facebook groups, and, and LinkedIn Facebook groups. And just thank you so much for helping me get the word out there. Uh, we need to do this together. The, the mission of these chronicles is to bring everybody on the same page, to get people aligned, and to empower you guys with the the, the knowledge you need to, to weather this storm. All right, thank you, and I'll talk to you in a couple hours.